Welcome to the More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. This is episode 103. Complex problems require sophisticated thinking. It's tempting to think that we can solve all of life's problems with quick and easy solutions, but success usually requires more sophisticated thinking. The book, More Attention, Less Deficit, Success Strategies for Adults with ADHD, is available at addwarehouse.com and pretty much everywhere else. But if you enter coupon code 19380, my zip code, at addwarehouse.com, you'll save 25%. Cool. I'm psychologist Dr. Ari Tuckman, author of More Attention, Less Deficit, and Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD, a practical, easy-to-use guide for clinicians, as well as the new Understand Your Brain, Get More Done, the ADHD Executive Functions Workbook. For more information about the books, archives of this podcast, links to past presentations, handouts, and information about upcoming teleclasses and presentations, check out adultadhdbook.com. I was recently driving along when I saw a car with two bumper stickers that really struck me. The first one said, being late is a choice. And the second one said, fat people eat too much. My first thought was, my, what a simplistic idea. By which I mean that this podcast has a clean rating and I can't say what I really thought, so you'll just have to use your imagination for that. But wow, this guy must be a real gem to date. What a lucky woman. But it got me thinking about this kind of thinking. The idea that life has simple solutions and we just need to do them. It's the Nike slogan of just do it applied to more than just going out for a run. Of course, since we're in the thick of election season, there's no shortage of deceptively simple solutions being thrown around anyway. Simplistic and frankly, really judgmental thinking like on these bumper stickers is destructive on several levels, whether we're talking about national problems or one person who tends to run late. The first problem is that this simplistic thinking just doesn't make any sense. So let's take the first bumper sticker where, you know, lateness is supposedly a choice. Why would anyone choose to be late? Does this make their life better? Does this win friends and influence people? Unless you're being passive aggressive and getting back at someone by keeping them waiting, how does being late benefit you? And if you are being passive aggressive, then maybe there's a better way to handle that too. So let me ask again, Why would someone choose to be late? Doesn't it almost always work out better if you're on time? Given the fact that people with ADHD tend to attract a lot of comments along the lines of these bumper stickers, I thought it would be helpful to explore why some people think like this so that you can better understand it and perhaps take some of it a bit less personally. After all, the fact that someone else has a problem with you doesn't mean that you need to have a problem with that. They may try to make it into your problem, you know, also by being judgmental or critical so that you feel bad, but that doesn't mean that you need to accept it as your problem too. Now, what does this simplistic thinking do for these judgmental types? Well, some people have a hard time not thinking like this. They're rigid in their way of looking at things and tend to be black and white. If something isn't black, it has to be white. If it isn't white, it has to be black. If it isn't good, it has to be bad. 
Those are your only two options. Explaining that some people have difficulty monitoring the passage of time and planning their activities accordingly involves far too much gray. They can't believe that difficulties with being on time can result from decreased ability rather than purely from desire because someone should be able to control this. This is the fallacy of total control. These people like to think that they have total control over what happens to them, and therefore, so does everyone else. If you have total control, then you're responsible for everything that happens to you. This obviously carries the burden of putting extreme pressure on someone to make sure that everything works out well for them by dotting all their I's and crossing all their T's. All this effort is driven by the fundamental idea that if something bad happens to you, then that means that you are bad. Yikes. But the reward is that it removes the worry about what might happen next. If you can convince yourself that you've done everything right and that there actually are clear right answers, then you can relax about the future. You're good, or at least that's the hope. By contrast, the idea that there are no definitively right or wrong answers means that you can't be totally sure that you're doing what you should, and therefore something bad might happen to you, and maybe that means that you are bad. Rather than following a few simple rules for living, you need to make more nuanced choices that sometimes contradict each other. And you need to accept that other people may make different choices that work for them, even if you don't understand it. This takes much more mental effort. It's not just that it's more tiring, it's also that it doesn't give you a sense of moral certainty. So when one of these people encounters someone else who isn't falling in line with their personal rules for living, it makes them anxious. Why isn't this person doing what he should? If you live a happy, fulfilled life that contradicts their views of how people should act, then it casts doubt on their rules. Maybe these rules aren't the ultimate answer after all. Therefore, if they can make this other person feel badly about living differently, they can keep their rules intact and feel certain about their goodness. The universe remains orderly. So the guilting is basically a way for these rigid people to feel less anxious. Some people really need pretty close to absolute certainty in order to feel settled. Often, people like this were raised by people with a similar mindset. There was a right way to do things, and every other way was wrong. There was very little room for disagreement or even individuality. It's the my way or the highway approach taken to extremes. A child growing up in this kind of household learns very quickly that there is safety in falling in line and that falling in line is the only safety. Rebellion, or even just falling short, is met with stiff punishment. Since the highway isn't an option when you're a child, the only option is to do it the other person's way. When you fall in line, things work out. When you don't, bad things happen. So when you encounter one of these rigid, judgmental people, remember what's driving their critical attitude. What you do makes them nervous, and they're trying to feel less anxious. If you would only fall in line, then they wouldn't need to work so hard to feel settled. Now, I understand the desire, 
But what they don't realize is that there's another way that they don't need to change you in order to change how they feel. It's possible to change how we feel on the inside without changing what's happening on the outside. Uh, so granted now, it isn't your job to make sure that someone else feels better, but the same lesson applies to you. It's possible to feel okay about yourself and not get too down on yourself for a mistake without needing to convince this other person that everything is okay. You can feel better inside yourself even if this other person is still upset. Their unhappiness isn't necessarily your problem to solve, certainly not at the cost of your own happiness. So I think that the big lesson learned here for all of us is that the person being judgmental, which is all of us at one point or another, is usually the person who pays the highest price emotionally. There are times where it's better to focus on changing how we feel rather than trying to change what someone else does. As it always is in the fall, it's been a busy presenting season and I'm writing this episode here on a plane back from Mexico and the Proyecto Da conference, which was great fun. They certainly know how to spoil their presenters with amazing dinners, which totally made up for the airport food along the way. Speaking of planes, don't forget the CHAD conference, which is coming up November 8th, 9th, and 10th in San Francisco. More information at chadd.org, chad.org. And also, the Learning Disabilities Association of Minnesota will be hosting their fourth annual ADHD symposium on Saturday, November 3rd in the Minneapolis suburbs. You can find out more information at ldaminnesota.org. Should be great fun as well. And by the way, for those of you who listened to the last episode about the CHAD conference, and hopefully all of you did, the mind lessons didn't work out. Bummer. Until next time, thanks for lending me your attention.